Hey, ass butt. Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Go now? Yeah. Not that finger. I, I, I guess I'm not, I'm not used to the single finger. Usually you d- double finger gun me, right? I did start with the double finger guns, but I've been doing one finger mostly lately. <laughs> it's a lot of finger talk. There's too many fingers happening. <laughs> okay, so. Not enough fingers? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. I went too far. <laughs> okay, today we are talking about. Okay, no, I'm not going to talk like Shatner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Season 10, episode 18, called Ooh. The Book of the Damned. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. All right, so we start out. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> with Rochelle dying. <laughs> Hydrate. <laughs> Hydrate your throat. Oh, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, also, we are together. Mm-hmm. Not like relationship wise, mm-hmm. but like physically in the same room. <laughs> There's too much of a pause after the physically. <laughs> physically in the same room. <laughs> Sorry. It was an unintentional lengthy pause. It's fine. Okay. Uh yeah. We're, I can live with it. We're we're having a podcast sleepover weekend and we're very excited. And I wanna say that it's really late. But dude, it's, it's, only, 10, it's only after ten. But we were like struggling. <laughs> yeah. So okay. All right. We will only be getting one episode done tonight. Yes, that's, that's okay. for sure. That's okay. Uh, okay, we're in a dark alleyway. Uh, there's a hooded person with a sword sticking out of the backpack. They hide behind the dumpster. Then two men walk into the alleyway, uh, looking for the hooded person. This is all wonky. Uh, we see... Uh, <laughs> this sounds ridiculous. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, we see that the hooded person... Hooded person... <laughs> hooded? Is that what you said? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> is, in fact, Charlie. Yay! Hey, Charlie! Okay. Uh, one of the guys pulls out a really fancy compass. Uh, it points in a direction, and then he puts it away and takes out his gun. He and the other guy creep further into the alley. (laughs) The the second man starts looking in the dumpsters. When he lifts the second dumpster's lid, Charlie, like, pops right up and stabs him in the neck with her sword. (laughs) Go, Charlie. I know. She jumps out of the dumpster and, like, kicks him out of the way and then slashes uh, the first dude's hand, which makes him drop his gun. He laughs. And then Charlie presses the end of her sword into his chest and asks, Who the hell are you? And why are you following me? Who's laughing now? Right? Uh, this man's name is Jacob. He says, I ain't following. Okay. That's what he says. He says, I ain't following you. 
I'm following what you got in your bag there. That don't belong to you, girl. Belongs to my family. Charlie says, yeah, well, sorry, Gambit. Finders keepers. Losers weepers. <laughs> Did you ever, like, seriously say that to someone in, like, elementary school? Yes. <laughs> really? Very seriously. <laughs> I don't know if I did. I I'm I pretty did. sure I did at some point. Like, I, I, there's no way that I didn't. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's great. <clears throat> Am uh, I proud? No. Did it happen? Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Jacob says, it's beyond your understanding. Hell, you can't even read it. Charlie says, are you always so condescending when someone's pointing a blade at you? Jacob says, now you look here. You can cut me down, but my people will never stop. And you can tiptoe through the tulips like you did in Russia, or you can stow away on the back of a train like you did in Alaska, but soon enough, my kin will find you. His sleeve kind of rides up a bit, and Charlie notices uh, the tattoo on his wrist. He says, uh, this ends with you being dead. Then Jacob grabs her sword, uh, and she runs away, and then he picks up his gun off the ground and shoots at her. Charlie says, ah! exactly like, like that, that too just like that <clears throat> and we see that a bullet has hit her from behind but she clamps her hole in the fence and runs the fuck away <laughs> you said she clamps her hole in the fence <laughs> oh i just i can't even like i can't even think about that because Charlie like literally <laughs> that's, that's like no. the definition of clench everything and run <laughs> I am upset. So, for some reason, that that was that crossed the line. <laughs> All the things that have come out of my mouth or into my brain. That was, yeah, that was too much. No, it's not. It's not okay. I don't know why, but we do not think about Charlie with the hole. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay uh, i have lost my place um let's see okay she climbs she, through the hole she climbs through a hole in the fence rochelle <laughs> and then she runs the fuck away <clears throat> and jacob runs up to the fence pole and keeps shooting at her he says you can't run forever little girl and then we get our opening title sequence we come to inside Cass's pimp mobile. Uh, he's driving. Metatron is in the passenger seat. The radio is on, and a voice on the radio says, "Our flashback playback continues with a song that climbed all the way to number four on the charts." Here's Alanis Morissette's "Ironic." Uh, so Cass, like, really quickly turns off the radio. <laughs> Metatron says, "Really? That song is a classic." He pauses, but Cass says nothing. Metatron says, yeah, I hear you. I do. And you're right. Inclement weather on the day of your nuptials and the wrong cutlery at inopportune times is hardly ironic. But it sure is catchy. He pauses again. Cass still says nothing. <laughs> Metatron says, yeah, fair point. Can't argue taste. But since I became human, it's just so strange. All these feelings, you know? I mean, I can feel music. Like that last song. Sasudio. I don't, I've never heard of that. Do you know that song? Sasudio? <clears throat> he says, I don't even know what it's about, and I love it. I always enjoy lyrics, words, stories. Gives me goosebumps. And goosebumps, don't even get me started on those. <laughs> Creepy, and yet arousing. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I know! 
Cass hurriedly pulls out his phone and makes a call to Sam. He's like, things are not okay. <laughs> Help. <laughs> Sam answers and says, Cass? Cass says, can I just kill him now? <laughs> Metatron says, you know I can hear you, right? Sorry, I just like keep like having the weird little burps here. I'm trying not to like, yeah, okay. You good. <clears throat> Sam says, no, we need him alive for now. Look, after he gives you your grace back, you can do whatever you want with him. Cass says, well, I'd like to kill him slowly. <laughs> Metatron says, I am like two feet away from you. Cass says, anything on the market cane? Metatron says, every word, crystal clear. <laughs> Sam says, no, I mean, I've been digging for something, for anything, but I don't know, Cass. Cass says, there is an answer out there. We will find a cure for Dean. Metatron says, I don't know why you'd want me to cure that little firecracker now. He's finally interest. Uh, I said that weird. He's finally interest. Uh, but at that moment, Cass punches Metatron right in the face. <laughs> uh, Cass says to Sam, we'll just keep digging. It's always so satisfying when somebody hits that dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, we see that Sam is currently in the bunker library, and he looks up as Dean walks into the room. Sam says into the phone, yeah, uh, no one here by that name. Sorry. And then he hangs up. In the car, Cass says, Sam? Metatron says, lose reception? Or did he hang up on you? And he starts laughing. He says, he hung up on you, didn't he? So Cass punches Metatron in the face again. <laughs> I mean, fair. <clears throat> For real. We cut to Sam and Dean in the bunker library. Sam says, so I've been checking through everything again, double checking and triple checking. And <clears throat> Dean says, the mark is a curse. Sam says, yeah, tell me about it. Dean says, no, Sam, it's a, it's an actual curse. Sam says, what are you talking about? Dean says, Crowley told me, or rather Rowena told him after she tried and failed to kill me. Sorry, I need a drink of water. I'm going to die. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Insert, uh, oh, what's that? The the hold music, pause music. What's the word? Elevator music. That works. <laughs> that works, too. <laughs> yeah, I guess hold music. I don't know what exactly the word I was looking for, because I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> music that makes you wish you were not alive. Yeah. <laughs> and, and on hold for eight hours. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, um, where was I? Okay, uh, Dean says, the mark protected me. Rowena doesn't really have beef with me. She was pissed at Crowley because she thinks he's going soft. Sam says, she's not wrong. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, well, after he and Mommy Dearest got into a fight, Sam says, Mommy Dearest? Dean says, Rowena is Crowley's mother. Sam looks like dun, super dun, dun. shocked. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dean says, more about that later. So then he came and told me what she had said. The mark is an actual curse. So anyway, I'm sorry. I probably should have told you that. <laughs> Sam says, yeah. Dean says, yeah. Sam's phone rings. Dean grabs the phone away from Sam and answers. He says, Winchester Accounting, how may I help you? Charlie's voice says, Dean? Dean says, Charlie, what's going on? Where are you? We see that Charlie is in a phone booth. Uh, I think she's at like a rest stop. <clears throat> Charlie says, uh, I'm exhausted and I'm bleeding and I'm in a phone booth. A phone booth? I didn't know these things existed outside of Bill and Ted's. <laughs> Dean puts the phone on speaker and says, okay, hey, hey, take a deep breath, kiddo. Uh, we're both sitting here. Tell me what happened. Why are you bleeding? <clears throat> 
I just don't think you should ask that of a woman, but okay. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she did bring it up. That's true. So, uh, you know, that's true. Whatever. Charlie says, I, uh, I got shot. Did you know dental floss works great on stitches? <laughs> I only passed out twice, and I'm pretty sure my wound is now minty fresh. <laughs> that would burn so bad. Oh, it would be awful. Though. I know. I was thinking that, I mean, too. at least it would be a surface level burn, but, like. Still. Oh. Yeah. That would be <clears> so <throat> bad. Sam says, Charlie, you probably need to go to a hospital. <clears throat> Sorry, it's that fucking spicy nudes that we had. Like <laughs> They're still in there. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Charlie says, no, no, I'm fine. I just got to get someplace safe. These guys are still after me. Sam says, what guys? Who? Charlie says, some southern fried D-bags. They've been after me since I dug out the Book of the Damned. Sam says, you found it? Where? Charlie says, after some near misses and some broken into museums, I found historical documents that led to a monastery in Spain. It burned down years ago, left for dead, but uh, I had this hunch about it. Turned out I was right. Dean says, okay, Charlie, what does it say about the mark? Charlie says, I have no fracking idea. The language it's written in, I've never seen anything like it. I, uh, I found some research notes in the monastery crypt, though, by the friar that buried it. The Book of the Damned is a spell book for creating or undoing any kind of damnation there is. We translate this thing. I think we can get the mark of Cain off you, Dean. <clears throat> Dean says, Charlie, you're a genius. Charlie says, a genius fugitive. These dudes following me? They are well trained. One of them keeps talking about his family. Dean says, family? Did you get a name? Charlie says, no clue. I spotted a tattoo on one of them. Might be a family crest. It seemed occulty. Soon as the book was out of the ground, they were all over me. <clears throat> I don't know how much more running I got left of me. Like flies on shit. <laughs> oh no! What? Oh, yes. I went too far <laughs> again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh lord. Uh, <laughs> if my children ever listen to this <laughs> podcast. They can start a support group with Killian. <laughs> Be like, what were they thinking? <laughs> oh, yeah. The shit that comes out of my mouth, let me tell you what. <laughs> just start them on it young and they'll just think it's normal. <laughs> right? That's fair. Yeah. <clears throat> Charlie says, they're tracking the book somehow. Sam says, all right, then we need to get you off the grid, Charlie. Where are you right now? Charlie says, uh, just south of Des Moines. Dean says, okay, you know what? Our friend Bobby has a whole bunch of cabins scattered all around, places for hunters to crash. You know, it's not much, but there's some gear and lore books, stuff to keep you busy till we get there. Charlie says, okay, bring snacks. And every man of letters, decoder ring there is. This book is old and scary, and I've never seen anything like it. <clears throat> so we get to sometime later. Sam is packing files into a box in the library. Dean walks in, carrying another box. He opens it and says, hey, check it out. I found this in the storage room. It's lead-lined and warded. If those guys are tracking the book, pretty sure this bad boy will take it off the radar. You ready? <clears throat> so we cut to the Impala driving out, down a road at night. <coughs> Sorry. It's okay. I know. I'm doing the same thing. It's that <clears throat> damn Thai food, man. I feel like I got a cat here or something <clears throat> in my throat. <laughs> I feel like I got one of those little spicy flakes on my vocal cords. You know, like every time I try to oh. talk, it's like me. Uh, no. I, yeah, <clears throat> I've just got like a little tickle. Like it doesn't feel spicy, but it's <laughs> it's like I swallowed it some doesn't... sort of dog, cat, horse, 
goat hair. I, my hair. I don't know. <laughs> so you're saying it doesn't feel like a spicy tickle. <laughs> it's not a spicy tickle. Okay. Just wanted to clarify. I just pulled a dog hair out of my mouth. <laughs> so I would assume that the other half of that was down my throat. Rose, you should drink some more water. <laughs> How does this even happen? Get it. Just mm. Get it moving in some direction. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh okay, baby's driving down the road. It's nighttime. The Thin Lizzy song called The Boys Are Back in Town is playing on the radio. Best song ever. It's a good song. Well, at least for them anyways. Yeah. Dean says to Sam, "What?" Sam says, "Nothing. Nothing. I just haven't seen you like this in a while. That's all." And he turns off the radio. Dean says, "It's a good song, man. Shut up." <laughs> Sam says, "Yeah, it's Dean says, look, man, it has been one crap sandwich after another for the past few weeks, okay? You heard Charlie. We got a shot at fixing this thing, so if that doesn't put gas in your tank, well... Sam says, if by shot you mean a spell in a book that we can't read that's currently being tracked, Dean says, we're due for a win, okay? Overdue. I'll tell you another thing. If this actually does work, we're going to take some time off. Sam says, what, like a vacation? Dean says, mm-hmm, and I'm not talking just like a weekend in Vegas or sitting in some crap motel watching paper porn. No, do they do that together? Because I don't remember that episode. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> Me too. I feel like that's Dean's idea of a good time. <laughs> that's a Dean's vacation. Maybe, maybe not Sam. Or if it is, I would hope not together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Dean says, no, I'm talking about a beach. Drinking cervezas, going for a swim, mingle with the local wildlife. When was the last time either of us was on a beach? Wildlife. Uh-huh. <sighs> Sam says, never. Dean says, sand between our toes. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> Dean says, sand between our toes, Sammy. Sand between our toes. <laughs> Dean turns the radio back on, and the boys are back in town song. is still playing. <clears throat> we cut to inside a diner. Cass and Metatron are sitting at a table. Metatron is like straight up hoovering waffles with whipped cream and strawberries. <laughs> he is enjoying it way too much. Like I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Metatron says, mmm, O-M me. Like I just wanna murder oh, this dude. Like, no. So you, full of himself. No. Yeah. Metatron says, Oh, food. Glorious food. All oh, the countless descriptions and so many books, but those are just words. Oh, the taste. The actual taste. I had no idea. Oh, and the process goes in here. And he points to his mouth and then says, comes out here. And he points to his butt and then says, sorcery. (laughs) I mean, you used to be human. Don't you miss all this? Not having to go to the bathroom, no. (laughs) Cass says, no, I don't miss digestion. I don't miss indigestion. Metatron says, no, 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 not that. I mean, don't you miss the feeling of all this? Like the taste of these waffles? The sound of a child's laughter? Look at us. We're a couple of angels who have touched not only the divine, but the mundane. You and I have a lot in common. Cass says, don't. (laughs) Metatron. I am going to actually kill you this time. (laughs) Metatron says, what? I thought we were having a moment. Can't we be besties? Cass says, no, because you (laughs) killed my friend. Metatron says, Dean is fine, mostly. Can't you get past that? Cass says, never. Now we've hit three of your so-called safe houses and all of them are empty. 
So either you've lost my grace or you're stalling. <clears throat> Metatron says, can you blame me? The minute I hand over your grace, I'm dead. Cass says, you have made your bed, Metatron, and nothing is going to get you out of it. Uh, we suddenly hear Metatron's stomach making some uncomfortable noises. <laughs> Cass says, what are you doing? <laughs> like he's got control of that. I noise. know. Like, Why are you making that sound? <laughs> yeah. Metatron says, I think I need to use the little boy's room. He holds up his handcuffed hands and says, little help. So Cass helps him up and takes him into the bathroom. Uh, a man dressed like a trucker is sitting at the nearby counter. He watches him walk by and then opens up his jacket and we see a hidden angel blade. <clears throat> so we cut to baby pulling up to a cabin by a lake. Sam and Dean go inside. Charlie is sleeping at a table. Dean says, Charlie. And she jerks awake and we see that there's a post-it note stuck to her face. <laughs> she says, Merry Christmas. Dean says, Hey. Charlie says, Were you followed? Dean says, no, no. Sam asks, how are you feeling? Charlie says, uh, I may have just passed out, but better. <laughs> Dean says, where's the book? Charlie says, okay, here's what I've learned so far. About 700 years ago, a nun locked herself away after having visions of darkness. After a few decades squirreled away by herself, she emerged with this. And she pulls the book out of her backpack. She says, each page is made out of slices of her own skin written in her blood. I told you, it's eekish. Mm -hmm. How do you just slice pieces of your skin off? Well, so here's the thing about skin. <laughs> it does regenerate. So, okay. If you follow the skin cycle, right? The cells from the, like, the base layer of the skin mm -hmm. make it their way to the outside at 27 days. Mm -hmm. So, like, every month, essentially, you have new skin. Wow. So, I feel like at a certain point, though, if you, like, cut down too deep, mm -hmm. like, and you take all of the skin off, how are you, like, shoot, there's got to be some sort of, like, I don't want to think about it too hard, but probably <laughs> not, like, she's either just slowly stripping off all of her skin and letting patches heal to make pages, mm -hmm. or she's somehow only getting, like, the upper layer of the skin or something like that and like letting it regenerate. I mean, she's got time. That's true. So Ugh, that's for I, don't, I don't like any of it, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> she gives the book to Sam. He looks through it. And then we notice that Dean seems to be like weirdly affected by the book's presence. Charlie says, according to the notes I found, it's been owned and used by cults, covens, and the Vatican had it for a while. There's a spell inside that thing for everything. Talking some black mass, dark magic, end of times nastiness. As far as what's, uh, blah, blah, blah. as far as what language it's written in, I'm thinking it's some kind of a, uh, this whole time, Dean has been like staring at the book and acting like he's kind of in a trance. Sam suddenly yells, Dean, Dean. Dean looks up and finds himself across the room from where he was. And the book is suddenly in his hands. He says, what? Sam and Charlie look at each other uh, with concern. Dean says, I don't think it's a good idea that I touch this. <laughs> he closes the book and gives it back to Charlie. He says, I'll go get the rest of our crap. Sam says, right. And then Dean leaves the cabin. Charlie says, what the hell was that? Sam says, he's not getting better. He's trying to cover, but we need to find that cure fast. 
So we cut to outside the diner. Cass and Metatron walk out. Metatron says, sorry about the mess. I guess I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Cass <sighs> says, let's never speak of it again. <laughs> uh, the trucker angel from the diner is leaning against Cass's pimp mobile. They walk up and he says, Metatron and Castiel, this really must be my lucky day. Two birds, one blade. <laughs> that just makes me think of two girls, one cup, but there we are. <laughs> Did you know there's an awesome podcast called um, Two Girls, One Ghost? And it's like a paranormal stories podcast. It's really funny. Yeah. <clears throat> I definitely, like, I missed the whole, like, two girls, one cup thing. Like, I don't really know what it's about and I don't really want to know what it's about. It was one of those, like, you probably shouldn't look that up. And I was like, I'm never going to. Thanks. You know, let me tell you, it's just a video of two girls with like a cup and then they both poop in it. That's the video. Oh. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Yuck. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. <clears throat> I have not watched it, but I have not. I feel like I, don't I mean, need obviously, to. I haven't. Yeah, either, you I don't, know, I don't. I don't feel like I need to. I mean, I feel like what else can you get out of that? Like people pooping in a cup. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, then this uh, angry trucker angel <laughs> pulls out his angel blade. <laughs> Uh, Cass pulls his own out <laughs> and asks, who are you? You sound like a goat. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the angel says, just a Cupid. Just an angry, angry Cupid. <laughs> Cass says, I understand you're upset. Angry Cupid says, you both corrupted heaven. It's never going to be the same. He tries to stab Cass with his blade and then they fight. He tries to stab Metatron, but Cass knocks him down. They fight more, and then the angry Cupid is about to stab Cass, who is laying on the ground. But Metatron stabs him right in the back with the blade that he had dropped. Cass grabs his angel blade, and Metatron hands Cass the Cupid's blade. Metatron says, I owed you that one anyway. Cass says, this changes nothing. Then he gets up and walks towards the car. Metatron says, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, we cut back to the cabin. Charlie says, okay, I got a pretty good look at this. That's not what she says. <laughs> she says, I got a pretty good look at his tattoo. It's something like this. And Charlie gives Dean a piece of paper with a drawing of the tattoo on it. He opens a box of files and says, the douche clan. Got it. Well, this is everything the mental letters had on occult families. So there should be something in here. Charlie says, Sam, got anything? Sam says, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's all an obscure Sumerian dialect. Actually found a rough match for it in this book. Charlie says, great. Sam says, I thought so too, but I've been translating. Uh, none of the translated words make any sense. It's all just gibberish. I mean, maybe it's in a different dialect? Charlie says, no, no, no. You're right, but I, I think this is in code. Sam says, an entire book of unreadable text that's also in code? Great. <laughs> this is just getting easier and easier. I know. I don't remember all of this, you know. Like, I remember, you know, the Book of the Damned. Oh. But I don't remember, like, that it's in code, and they need to, like, find a code to read. Yeah. Like, vaguely, it tickles something in my brain, but, like, I wouldn't have been able to, like, pull that. It's like, once once they said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that kind of sounds familiar. But then, like, before that, I wouldn't have been able to, like, no, tell you that, you know? This is just, know? like, almost brand new to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> pretty much, Yeah. <clears throat> um, bah, bah, bah. 
Dean says, and you call yourself nerds. Come on, you got this. Charlie says, he's right. Let's get our Alan Turing on. Uh, decrypt this bitch. Sam notices that Dean is staring at the Book of the Damned and acting wonky again. Sam says, you know what, Charlie? Why, uh, why don't we stick with my notes for a little bit? This book is literally making my eyes hurt. Uh, then Sam puts the book in the lockbox. Uh, we cut to a gas station. A truck pulls into the parking lot and Jacob and another man get out. Jacob's that dude from the beginning of the episode with Charlie in the dumpster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole, yeah. <laughs> the whole. The whole. <laughs> Jacob looks around. Uh, the other man says, what is it? Jacob shushes him and then takes out his fancy compass. His fancy compass. <laughs> what did I say? I'm not going there. Uh, okay. Uh, but <laughs> I can tell you what it sounded like you said, but uh, we're not. Yeah, we're okay. not going there. <laughs> uh, the compass just spins around, though. He says, damn it. She found a way to hide the book. It was here. It was on this road. She was on this road. Send the boys up and down the way. See if anybody saw her. Uh, so we cut to Cass and Metatron going into a dark library. Cass says, oh, come on. You expect me to believe that you hid my grace in a library? Metatron says, nobody goes to libraries anymore. I mean, that's fair. That's sad. <laughs> it's the safest place in the world. Uh, Cass turns on some lights and says, I can feel my grace. It's here, but you've hidden it somehow. Where is it? <clears throat> Metatron says, honestly, I have no idea. <clears throat> Cass forces Metatron into a chair and squeezes the gunshot wound on his leg. Metatron, <laughs> I know, I was happy to see that. I mean, yeah, but like, <clears throat> ow. Yeah. Metatron says, ah, ah. <laughs> or er, no, Cass says, where is it? Metatron says, ah, I don't know. I swear. I had another angel hide it, even from me. Cass squeezes Metatron's leg even harder, and Metatron goes, ah! <laughs> you know, in case someone tries to torture the information out of me. Case in point. <clears throat> Cass says, where is my grace? Metatron says, I told the angel to hide some clues in some of my favorite books. He holds up his handcuffed hands and says, mother, may I? I fucking hate this guy. Okay, oh. but like, why do you need to take off your you handcuffs? You That's don't. the thing. Like, yeah. mm. Uh, Metatron goes over to a shelf and pulls out a book. Cass grabs the book from him, opens it up, and takes out a note. Cass reads, what's the maddest thing a man can do? He says, it's a riddle. What? What's the answer? Metatron says, beats me. I've only been a man a day. Uh, the answer to the riddle will lead to another book, and inside that book, you'll find your grace. We're going to work this out together, okay? Teamwork. Ew. I hate it. I know. So we cut to the cabin. Makes me want to varmint. Yes, it does. Or maybe scrum it. <laughs> Charlie says, okay, the Bletchley Circle couldn't crack this thing. I tried everything. Uh, I've tried every cryptographic. There we go. Algorithm there is. Goose egg. Dean is looking through some files. He says, well, maybe that's not such a bad thing. Those people following you? All kinds of wrong. Talking multi-generational, centuries-old wrong. The Stein family. Men of Letters Files has them dated back to the early 1800s. They used spells to create disease, to destabilize markets. Hell, they even helped the Nazis before they came into power. And they profited from all of it. Charlie says, so they're like the supernatural DuPonts? I don't know who that is. I don't know DuPonts? either. Okay. It might be in the interesting facts. I read through them, but I honestly don't remember. So Yeah, okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. Dean says, basically, all the spells they use came from a book of unspeakable evil, which they lost nearly 100 years ago. <laughs> bad juju. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sam says, okay, so they're bad. So what? We face worse. Dean says, Sam, read the file. The way the book works is when you use it, there is a negative reaction. I'm talking biblical negative. Dark magic always comes with a price. We know that. We've been down that road before. Charlie says, well, let's at least translate it and see what it says. Dean says, you guys don't understand. The book's been calling out to me ever since I laid eyes on it, okay? Ever since I laid eyes on it, okay? <laughs> he laid my eyes on it. He says, calling out to the mark. I can hear it like it's alive. It wants me to use it, but not for good. <clears throat> Look, I wanted it to be the answer too, okay? I really did. But we've got to get rid of that. Burn it. Bury it. I don't give a damn. We'll just have to find another way to fix the mark. Of the damned. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Sam says, like what? Dean says, I don't know. Charlie says, so you're giving up. Dean says, no, I'm not giving up, Charlie. I don't have a death wish. Okay, even if I did, I can't die. Not with this thing on my arm. <laughs> what I can do is I can fight it as long as I can until... <clears throat> Sam says, until what? Tell me. Until what, Dean? Until I watch you become a demon again? Until then? I can't do that. I won't do that. Dean says, well, then you'll just have to lock me up. Bind me to the bunker like you did last time. Charlie says, that didn't solve anything. Sam says, look, just let us translate the book, okay? If there's a cure, we'll do it and deal with the consequences later. I can't lose you. Dean says, really? Sam says, yeah, really. Dean says, you change your mind on that because that's not what you said last time. Sam says, oh, come on, man. You know I didn't mean that. Mm. <clears throat> Dean says, this is my cross to bear, Sam. Mine. And that book is not the answer. And we got to destroy it before it falls into the wrong hands. And that includes me. I'm going to go for a drive. Uh, Charlie, we forgot to pick up your snacks. Sam says, Dean, look. Dean says, we'll figure out another way. And Sam, I'll get my vacation. But not today. <laughs> Not like this. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> yep. And then Dean walks out of the cabin. Charlie says, Sam, maybe he's right. Sam says, no, there's a way to fix it. There has to be. Uh, so we cut back to the library. Metatron says, you know, we do. <laughs> Metatron says, no, we really do make a good team. Kind of like a buddy comedy without the comedy. <laughs> Cass says, or the buddies. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> really any about Yeah, there's nothing about that. Yeah. Yeah. Metatron says, oh, come on now. Back at the diner, that was some pretty awesome dynamic duo action. Cass says, what we did back there was unfortunate. No more of our brothers and sisters should die. Metatron, except for you. <laughs> yeah, except for you. <laughs> Metatron says, brothers and sisters, listen to you. Still spitting out the company line like anyone cares. Like we're actually a family. When what we really are, a bunch of glowing lights filled with self-loathing or delusions or grandeur. Delusions of grandeur. Or both. Cass says, you shut up. Metatron says, no, if I'm going to die, I want answers. Like, who are you now? Like, you obviously, you're obviously not an angel of the Lord. And what about all of this walking the earth like Cain from Kung Fu crap? Cleaning up heaven's messes. How many more rogue angels are there out there? And what are you going to do once you're done with all that? Go back to heaven? Please. The angel, formerly known as Hannah, has restored order up top. Smoothest it's run since God cut the ribbon on the pearly gates. So tell me, Castiel, truly, what is your mission now? 
Cass says, you shut up and keep looking. <laughs> I don't know. Leave me alone. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, Metatron walks <clears throat> back behind a row of bookshelves and then gets some blood on his fingers from his leg wound. He completes a spell that he has constructed on some book spines, uh, which is actually a pretty cool, pretty cool looking bunch of sigils yeah. all over the books. I thought mm-hmm. that was awesome. <clears throat> it was pretty smart. I'll yeah. That. Right. Well, Asshole. No, right? <laughs> Metatron says, well, uh, can't say I didn't try. And then he activates the spell and walks over to Cass in the next row. Cass falls to the ground and starts coughing. Metatron says, poor Castiel. Swam so far just to drown in shallow waters. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Oh! I hate this guy so much. I know. Uh, so we cut to the cabin. Uh, Sam and Charlie are still inside talking. Charlie says, what did Dean mean when he said you changed your mind? Sam says, so a while back, we had a chance to um, close the gates of hell. And in order to do that, I would have had to die. And I was okay with that. And I am okay with that. But Dean was not. So he, uh, he, Charlie says, he saved you. Sam says, yeah, he saved me. Charlie says, and let me guess, in doing so, he did something you didn't want, and that pissed you off, and you said something that hurt him. Sam says, (laughs) yeah, that sounds about right. Charlie says, brothers, you know, I haven't been a hunter for very long, but it feels like this is the life. Mostly ends in Sophie's choices, death, or tears. Usually all the above. All of the above, huh? How did this become my life? I mean, I was going to own my own startup, marry ScarJo, invent something cool. No, I'm just, I'm just happy to be alive. I think that's really cute that she wanted to marry Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) I mean, like, I know everybody's got their hopes and dreams, right? (laughs) (laughs) True. Sam says, you know, when Dean came to get me at school, I told myself one last job, you know, one more job. And then when, when I, uh, when I lost Jess, I, again, told myself, one more job. There's always one more job, you know? And one more job, and one more job, and then I was going to go back to law and to my life. Charlie says, you are the Dread Pirate Roberts of hunting. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, I guess I really understand that now. This is my life. I love it. But I can't do it without my brother. I don't want to do it without my brother. And if he's gone, then I don't. Charlie says, I got it. I do. Uh, So we cut back to the library. Cass is still on the ground while Metatron takes a book off a shelf. He says, all right, first things first, find what I really came here for. He opens up a book, takes a note out and reads it. He reads, what two things do you need to succeed in life? He puts the note down and smiles and says, ignorance and confidence. (laughs) Ain't that the freaking truth? Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Yep. <laughs> yep. I need to have uh, another drink. Sorry. No, you're good. <clears throat> Cass looks down at the note uh, from the first book and says, they're quotes. Metatron says, so uh, did you in Samateur Hour really think I wouldn't have a backup plan? <laughs> Samateur Hour. <laughs> Metatron finds another note uh, or finds another book and opens it up. Uh, inside is a tablet and not the you know computerized thing but like the you know one of the angel demon tablet things yeah (laughs) Cass is like painfully crawling down another row of books looking for a very specific book Metatron says ah hello demon tablet Cass pulls out the book Don Quixote by Miguel Cervantes 
and where's going on here? Uh, oh, and uh, it kind of falls to the floor because, like, you know, he's crawling. <laughs> the, you know. Yeah. And out of the book falls the container with his grace in it. Metatron says uh, to himself, the places I'll go with this. And then Metatron walks to the row that Cass is in and sees that Cass is holding his grace container. That sounds weird. <laughs> Metatron says, and your grace. Well, one out of two ain't bad. And then he scurries away. Like a little rat. I know. Big rat. Cass opens up the container that holds his grace and recites, what's the maddest thing a man can do? Let himself die. Then he inhales his grace and he stands up. The lights in the library flicker and explode. Books fly off the shelves and we see the shadow of Cass's wings on the wall behind him. And it looks like, you know, he hasn't got a lot of feathers left and they're kind of falling off. And I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm concerned about your wings, Cass. I want to know. What the fuck? Do you need like some rograin? Like what, what helps falling feathers? I just, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. He's looking a little dusty, though. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, he wipes uh, the... What? Nope, that's a different thing. <laughs> I just said he wipes and then got confused. <laughs> Cass does not do any wiping here. Okay. <laughs> I think Jacob's about to do some wiping. He doesn't need to wipe his ass, but... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he doesn't digest anymore. <laughs> uh, so we cut to uh, the gas station. I think it's a gas and sip. Uh, behind the counter or the checkout counter, Jacob Stein is standing next to the dead body of the clerk. He wipes the blood off the knife <laughs> and says, uh, God. Oh, no, that's not what he says. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jacob says, God just don't build to last, does he? Dean walks in and Jacob says, afternoon, sir. Dean says, howdy. Oh, I just want to say that this Jacob Stein whoever this actor is, looks mm -hmm. exactly like Joshua Jackson. Have you noticed that? Joshua Jackson was like Pacey in Dawson's Creek. I haven't seen that. Did you ever watch Fringe? Nope. <laughs> okay. I'm assuming you didn't watch the early 90s horror movie called Urban Legend. No. Okay. Well. okay. <laughs> Let's be real. If it was anything like not in the past 10 years, Mm -hmm. I, I have I don't know what you're talking about. You know, well, like, <laughs> he's very easy on the eyes. Okay. I'll just say that. <laughs> Dean says to Jacob, "Howdy." He grabs some snacks and puts them on the counter. Says, "There we go." Jacob says, "That'll be it for you." Dean says, "Uh, yeah, that's it." Jacob glances at the food and says, "Okay, then that'll be fifteen seventy-five." Dean takes out some cash and hands it to him. He notices Jacob's tattoo on his wrist. Jacob says, you heading home or are you just passing through? Dean says, just passing through. And Jacob puts the cash in the register while Dean looks in the security mirror and sees the dead guy behind the counter at Jacob's feet. Dean says, must get awful lonely out here by yourself. Jacob says, oh, I get by. Suddenly, Dean pulls out his gun and points it at Jacob. He says, don't move. Hands where I can see him. Jacob says, don't you want your change? Then he throws the change at Dean's face, and a big man grabs Dean from behind. Jacob says, now, who might you be? He sees the mark of Cain on Dean's arm and says, well, hello there. Where to back road nothing like you get their hands on something like that? Dean says, what's it to you, Mr. Stein? Jacob says, my friends call me Jacob. Dean says, well, I ain't your friend. 
Jacob says, those wouldn't happen to be treats for a redheaded little gal, now would they? Y'all had the book, didn't you? Leadline little number, I'm betting. Dean says, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Jacob says, you don't? See that? That man back there? Well, he said the same thing as all the others at truck stops and gas stations up and down the way. Nobody had seen that redheaded girl. And then a man bearing the mark comes in here to me. Well, there's coincidence, and then there's just providence. See, the book of the damned, it wants to be found. It wants to come home. Let me guess. You want to use it to get that gift off your arm, don't you? Power is wasted on the weak. Now, the book can remove that mark, but you mess around with that, you're going to do far more harm than good. So why don't you do the right thing here, boy, and tell me where that book is? Dean says, yeah, sure, I'll tell you. And then he kind of like mumbles. Jacob says, one more time? I didn't hear you. He leans closer to Dean, who says, I said, and then Dean headbutts Jacob and fights off the man holding him. Uh, he grabs the gun off the ground and shoots the big dude who's coming after him. But the guy just keeps coming. Uh, the guy finally collapses after Dean empties the entire clip into him. And I would like to say that there's like no way that uh, his clip would hold that many bullets. Mm-hmm. Like it just like kept going and going. I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. You yeah, know, like, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Dean stands up, but Jacob is gone and Dean's phone is broken. Uh, so cut to the cabin. Dean hurries inside. Charlie says, what's going on? Dean says, the Steins, they found me. And then we see the Stein car pulling up to the cabin. Dean says, those douches are all jacked up too. Sam says, what are you talking about? Dean throws a cup of holy oil into the fire and says, I emptied a full clip into one of them before the son of a bitch went down. Sam says, Dean, what are you doing with the holy oil? And <laughs> we see that the Steins are right outside the cabin door. Dean says, there is a cure for the mark in the book, but it comes at a price. We got to destroy it. Sam says, are you sure about this? Dean says, it's calling to me, Sam. Okay, I can hear it. It's calling to the mark. It wants me to take the book and run away with it. Burn it now. Uh, They all hear the steins outside. Dean and Charlie pull out their guns. Dean says, Sam, burn it now. One of the stein dudes crashes through a window and grabs Dean, while another comes through the other window and grabs Charlie. Sam takes the lockbox with the book over to the fireplace. Dean and Charlie are fighting with the steins. Sam takes the wrapped book out of the box. Jacob breaks down the front door and walks inside. Dean shoots Jacob, but Jacob uh, keeps heading towards Sam. Uh, We see Sam throw the wrapped book into the fire. Jacob says, you silly boy. Dean is still shooting at Jacob, but Jacob grabs Sam by the throat. Sam stabs Jacob. uh, And that was a weird moment. Like he stabs him. Nothing really happens. They're still like face to face. Jacob's still like strangling him. Mm -hmm. And then like, like the camera is like looking at their faces. You don't see like the knife in him, Mm -hmm. but you hear like some extra squishy sounds. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, you're doing stuff with that knife. Yeah. He's dragging it around in there trying to cut him up good. Yeah. Uh, And then Jacob finally falls down dead. Uh, Sam looks at the book burning in the fireplace. So we cut to the bunker. Cass and Sam are sitting at the map table. Cass says, I was foolish, selfish. Should have just killed him. Who knows what he'll do with that tablet? Sam says, well, you know what, Cass? You got your grace back. You're back. You did the right thing. Also, he wrote it, so he should know what's in there. I know, right? Like, what? what is well, it? Remember it powered him up before, though. Remember when he uh, was, yeah, like, in heaven? So yeah. it must, yeah. 
Must because he knows what's on it, so it's got a different sort of thing yeah. going for him. I don't know. He's got to like <clears throat> have it with him somehow. Or yeah, Cass says to Sam, "You did the right thing. That book needed to be destroyed. We will find another way, Sam." The front door opens, and Charlie comes in carrying some plastic grocery bags. She walks down the stairs and says, "We're back, bitches." She notices Castiel and says, "Whoa, is that who I think it is?" Okay, I didn't realize that they had not met before. Yeah. <laughs> this is the cutest. Um, Sam says, Charlie, Cass, Cass, Charlie. Charlie, like, immediately hugs Cass and says, I thought you'd be shorter. <laughs> he's like, thanks, I he just, guess. He just looks like, kind of like, what? <laughs> uh, Sam takes the bags from Charlie and says, I'm going to get these to the fridge. And he walks away. Charlie says to Cass, heard you got your mojo back. Cass says, yes, my uh, my grace, it's been restored. Charlie says, so can't you just, you know, cure Dean? Cass says, unfortunately, it's not that simple. Charlie says, never is, is it? Do you think you could do anything about my carpal tunnel? <laughs> Cass puts two fingers on Charlie. She's like, I need to be able to game more efficiently. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he puts two fingers on Charlie's forehead. She asks, is that it? Cass says, your carpal tunnel and your bullet wound are now healed. You may want to continue wearing your wrist brace at night, though. <laughs> Charlie lightly punches his shoulder and says, did we just become best friends? <laughs> Dean walks in the front door carrying some pizza boxes. He says, hey, look who decided to show. So you're back 100%. How did that happen? Dean puts the food on the table and Sam joins them. Cass says, uh, it was Hannah. She managed to get the location of the remainder of my grace out of Metatron. Dean says, awesome. I told you you were due for a win. Good to have you back, pal. And we cut to a short time later. The four of them are sitting at the table, eating and drinking. Uh, the song Behind Blue Eyes is playing. Um, Dean is like laughing. And Sam is trying to smile, but he just looks super sad. <laughs> that was really awful to see honestly because like dean is like straight up like laughing and having a good time it seems like yeah. ah, ha, ha, ha. Ah. like ew. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i yeah yeah okay <clears throat> um we cut to sam at a table in a restaurant he says to someone who we don't see yet i don't trust you and i never will but i need help and this is right in your wheelhouse he opens up the lead lockbox and we see that the Book of the Damned is inside. We flash back to the cabin where the Steins were, or when the Steins were busting through the windows. In the flashback, Dean says, Sam, burn it now. Dean and Charlie are fighting the Stein dudes and Sam takes the Book of the Damned out of the lockbox and unwraps it. Jacob Stein comes through the door and Dean shoots at him. Sam puts the book back in the lockbox and grabs another big book off a nearby table. He wraps it in the cloth and throws it onto the fire. Jacob has seen this whole book exchange and says, you silly boy. Dean keeps shooting Jacob, but Jacob gets to Sam at the fireplace and grabs his throat. Jacob says quietly to Sam, my family will never stop looking for that book. Now we come back to... Uh, uh, what does that fucking say? <laughs> no idea. We come back to Sam in the restaurant. He says, I need the market cane off my brother. Something tells me you can crack this book and find that cure. The only question is, will you help me? Then we see that the person Sam is talking to is Rowena. She looks very smug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, as she does. Yep. She says, shall we discuss terms? 
and credits. Okay, so thoughts. <laughs> yes. Um, that whole like compass thing at the beginning that what's this? Uh, uh, Jacob, right? Mm-hmm. I I don't know why. That's so hard to remember, but anyways, that he has it kind of reminds me of like the compass from Pirates of the Caribbean, where it like shows you your deepest desires oh, or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Also, like a little bit of a mixture of like Hermione's like time. Oh yeah, thing. It did you know? kind of remind me of the time turner. Yeah, yeah, like just like it's kind of like a weird hybrid of the both of them, and yeah. I kind of liked it. Yeah, but, I can see that. Um. Anyways, uh, so <laughs> okay. What I want to know, and I thought that this isn't the first time I've thought this, but this is, you know, the first time I've actually written it down because, you know, I had the opportunity to. Um, Okay. So at the conventions, the boys, when they come out, their song is the, any way you want it, that's the way you need it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Right? Why is it not the boys are back in town? I've never understood that. I've always thought that that would be a much better song for them to play. Like, Like, it makes sense for, like them and the characters they play but also i think that um the band plays that song because he's literally they're literally just talking to us like this is what you're here for this is what you want here you go yeah but also i think that's all it is i don't literally the boys are in town like i know right like i understand like i agree with you i'm not sure but yeah that's always kind of confused me like why is that not the song that you have playing for Mm -hmm. them because like Everybody calls them the boys. Yeah. You're right. You're right about that. Like, I don't know, whatever. That was, it's, it's not, it doesn't like bother me, but it's always kind of like been like, but why? You know, like, yeah. there's no, like yeah. I, I just, I just don't get it. Um, yeah. So my only other thought is that Metatron <laughs> has a few moments where he's slightly more tolerable. I'm not saying I like him. Because I don't like him at any point. But there is some less douchey parts that, like, oh, you're human and you don't think that you're invincible. So, like, maybe you're not going to be as awful to the people around you currently because you know that they have a hand up on you sort of thing. You know, and that kind of made him a little bit more tolerable in this episode. But I still hate him. (laughs) I do too. And you know, uh, spoiler, he is in at least one more episode. I, I don't remember how many, but I can think yeah. of one where I felt the same way that you're feeling right now, where I was like, he has, he doesn't redeem himself, but he yeah. has a, a moment in a situation where he is the better person. Yeah. And I was just so fucking annoyed That's about hard to it. Swallow. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I feel like I want Metatron to win in this moment, and I don't feel good about that. Yeah, you know, like, like oh, yeah, there's yeah. got to be something else I was going really, on. Yeah. Really, really pissed off that they made me feel that way. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just it's icky. I, it doesn't I, feel I, right. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Um, there's some, there's some fun things in this episode. Honestly, uh, I got two moments. Uh, one, I probably like more cause it's just so fucking cute, but yeah. it's, it's Charlie and Cass meeting for the first time. Yeah. And she, you know, he heals her bullet wound and she's like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. It was just great. And you could see that like Cass was immediately like, I love you, you know? Like- I'm not sure what to think about you, but I like you. Yeah. yeah. And she's just immediately like, hey, 
hey, we're cool. Yeah, yeah. cool. Buddies. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was just the cutest. Just the cutest. Because, like, it feels like they should have met each other a long time ago. You know, know right? it's weird that they haven't. And obviously they've heard all about each other and it's just, it's just adorable. Yeah. My second favorite moment was really that end scene with the, all of them at the dinner table. Um, I think that I just really like how they acted that. It was sort of delightful to see Dean having such a good time. Yeah. You know, cause we, we don't actually see him in those moments very yeah. often, you know, <laughs> no. where he is like, and I'm sure that was probably, you know, an outtake of just Jensen laughing at someone's joke. Yeah. You know, because I, I can't even think of another time we've seen Dean laugh hard like that, you know? Yeah. So I'm sure that's what was happening. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Even to see him like having that good a time, even though he's all, you know, Mark of Cain. Yeah. And then Sam trying to join and still having his like sad emotions. Like I have absolutely felt that way. I remember like when my cousin was dying and like, People were like joking around. She's laughing, having a good time. And I'm like, yeah. this is funny, but this is awful. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm just feeling like so baffled. Like, how can everyone be laughing and smiling and like, how, what? Like, not that, not that, like, yeah. not that that wasn't like appropriate for the moment. And obviously, yeah, it's good yeah, to, but it's to still do like that. hard it was, to yeah, it was sometimes just, like, get into that moment when you're kind of like, but. Overall, this is not a good situation. Yeah, everybody's you know, kind of like phoning in the laughs and just being like, "Okay, this is weird." Like, yeah, I don't know what like, to do. I can't, yeah, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't feel those things at the same time. Apparently, yeah. Well. But I just, I just thought that like Sam's acting there really struck that chord in me. You know what I mean? And I was, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was cool. So anyway, yeah. yeah. What was your favorite moment? Um, <laughs> mine was the. Did we just become best friends? You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. I mean it's Charlie and I like Charlie, mm-hmm. so yeah. you know there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I ju- and I just like the um the episodes that she's in anyway because I like the character, so you know yeah, there's that. She's lovely. They really like. They really. I'm not going to spoil anything, but they really, <laughs> they really give you a lot of Charlie at this point, and mm-hmm. everything is just fucking perfect. Yeah, and delightful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. So our interesting facts for this episode, um, there's a lot, so (laughs) bear with me here. Okay. Uh, The first one, uh, it says, Charlie tells Sam, he's right, let's get our Alan Turing Mm -hmm. on, Um, decrypt this bitch. Um, Alan Turing was a British computer scientist, mathematician, logician, right? Like logistics, right? I have no no idea if that's how you said that. I've never heard that before. Probably. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Um, and Cretanalyst. Okay. Um, who played a key role in deciphering intercepted encrypted message that or messages that helped the Allies defeat the Nazis in key battles and shortened World War II by several years. Mm-hmm. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch played Turing in the 2014 film The Imitation Game. Um, it says, when Castiel and Metatron are in the car, the voice on the radio is Robert Singer, um, executive producer and oftentimes director of Supernatural. Oh, that's fun. Um, it says, Metatron references, it's Alanis Morissette, right? I think it's Alanis. Alanis. Okay. I guess I don't know for sure. That's just how I've always heard it. Oh, I have no idea. So, um, her song, (laughs) ironic, he uh, references it twice. Um, so... 
uh, Alanis Morissette played God in the Kevin Smith film Dogma. Which is the um, best Kevin Smith film ever. And I know that's controversial. <laughs> Eric would disagree because he's all about, you know, clerks. But, like, yeah. it's just so fucking good. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so the film was about two rogue angels trying to get back into heaven. Um, ben Affleck and Matt Damon. <laughs> Um, the angel Metatron was also featured in this film, played by Alan Rickman. Yeah, he's my favorite Metatron. Um, and he's not douchey in that movie. It's fucking delightful. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I, I only know the one Metatron and I don't like him much, so... Yeah, you know, you'd there's like this one. Um, it says, um, in the end credits, the following appears at the beginning of the credits, um, in memory of... It's J-A-A-P, and I'm not sure how to I don't say know how that. to say that either, but I think you shouldn't try. Like... Yop or something, maybe? maybe. Maybe it's like a Y sound because with the like broker, it seems like it's like a Scandinavian name, maybe. Okay. Um, I could totally be wrong. Um, uh, so he uh was alive from 1950 to 2015. Um, he was a stand-in in season two, episode 14, Born Under a Bad Sign. Okay, cool. Um, it says, as Metatron is devouring the waffles, he says, food, glorious food. Also, that's the one thing I will agree with him on. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> food. Um, he's quoting the opening song from the 1960s Broadway musical um, slash the 1968 film Oliver. <laughs> um, it says, Charlie calls Jacob Stein Gambit. Um, Gambit is a mutant superhero from the Marvel Comics X-Men series. Ooh, I knew that one. <laughs> Myself because I'm not into the X Men at all. Okay. Oh yeah. I, have, I mean, I know of the X Men, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and he hails from Louisiana and speaks with a thick Cajun accent. Oh, okay. Um, it says Charlie refers to the Dread Pirate Roberts, um, which is a reference to the persona Wesley adopts. <laughs> Wesley adopts in the Princess Bride. What? <laughs> nice. Anyways. Um, so it says, uh, Charlie says that she didn't know that the phone booth or that phone booths existed outside of Bill and Ted. Um, Bill and Ted are the main characters in the 1989 comedy slash fantasy, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, have uh, you ever seen that? No. <gasps> okay. I can't even inhale as much as I want to right there. <laughs> Is that like, I'm guessing... I mean, it seems like it's not a horror-ish type not. thing. It's not. Oh, it's a comedy. It's, uh, it's Keanu Reeves when he's young, and it's fucking great. It's like <laughs> time travel in a phone booth, uh -huh. not Doctor Who's phone booth. <laughs> and uh, they have to, like, go back in history and collect some famous people to, I don't know, save the world, probably. <laughs> um, but it's... It's wonderful. They're and they're the like catchphrase is they're always like be excellent to each other. And yeah. it's just it's fucking great. Huh. We should I feel watch like I've heard that. The be uh, excellent. Yeah. Be excellent. I'm sure you did. Like yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know why, but it, yeah. it's very possible that I've just heard people quoting it too. I think so. Yeah. Um So it says, um, Charlie says she has no fracking idea what language the book of the damned is written in. Battlestar! Yeah. <laughs> says fracking or frack is a slang word from the TV show Battlestar Galactica, which is used in place of fucking or fuck on the show. That's right. <laughs> Presumably so it can get past censors. Yep. Um... It says, the bad guy's tracking device is a modified brass nautical sundial compass. 
Um, so, I mean, half pirates, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it says, a couple hundred years ago, these were standard navigation tools on land as well as at sea. Um, it says, this is the sixth time Felicia Day played the character Charlie in the series. I don't know why that's an interesting fact. Mm-hmm. This is her sixth episode. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Not bad for a girl on the show. I know, right? <laughs> she... <laughs> <laughs> Sam hasn't gotten to her. That's right, and he's never gonna. Yeah, <laughs> he ain't into that. No, nope. <laughs> keep your peanut death away from Charlie. <laughs> ew. <laughs> She'd probably be like, ew, dude, gross. Yeah. You know, like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, P.S. Uh, the other day at Killian's school, I was talking with a bunch of the, the parents, and me and one of the other girls were talking about. We were trying to explain Sam's pain of death to, one of, to, to Mom Squad Dad. And he was just like, what the fuck? I feel like it's different for guys to hear about that, obviously, than it is for, like, girls to hear about Maybe that. Maybe I was telling his wife about it now. I can't even remember. Somebody. Oh, fuck. Now I'm like, who did I talk about Sam's penis to? Like, so it just feels weird that I can't. Okay. All right. You know what? It's late. It's like 11. It's 11.15. It's 11.15. It's late. All right. Okay. Well. Where was I? Oh. um, So it says, uh, Jacob Stein says to Dean, my friends call me Jacob. Um, When Dean replies, well, I ain't your friend. He does so with the same Louisiana accent that the Steins have, in which Charlie noticed when they caught her. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, it says the hint Metatron's angel left to finding Castiel's grace is what is the maddest thing a man can do, which Castiel takes to be a riddle. Um, when he's incapacitated from Metatron's spell later, he realizes that it's a fragment of the quote from the bo- the, the boon, the book Don Quixote. Uh, the full quote is the maddest thing a man can do is in this life is to let himself die. Um, Cass could have indeed let himself die had he not gotten his grace back. Um, it's a clear commentary of what the other angels think of Castiel. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it says, um, so that same book where Castiel's grace is hidden, um, was written in the 17th century by Miguel de Cervantes, um, and is the second most sold book in the world after the Bible. That's right. That's true. Um, also, probably said this before, but the most stolen book ever mm-hmm. from bookstores currently, mm-hmm. the Bible. Hmm. Yep. I mean, like, <clears throat> it's interesting. They are usually pretty expensive. <laughs> yes, they they're fucking are. They're big books. They are know? expensive. Hell so, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I get it. I mean, I think I got... So I got a new one somewhat recently because the one that I had was like falling apart Mm -hmm. and it had been like my mom's or something like that. And so like, I like, I haven't gotten rid of the old one, but like, there's all these like tabs in it that are like peeling off and there's pages that are like falling, like the spines falling off and like, there's all these like she'd like written things and highlighted things while she was like doing Bible studies and stuff. And I was like, I kind of want to have like my own thing to be able to like read and not have like squiggly lines everywhere and all that, you know, but it was, I mean, that was not, that was probably a $50 book. That's pretty normal. You know? Yeah. So 
It is what it is. And I think it was, I think it's like got like leather or something on mm-hmm. the, or some sort of leather-ish looking like cover. So, I mean, that's, yeah. there's that too, but right. yeah. Um, um, let's see. So it says, this is the first time Charlie and Castiel have met. Um, and Charlie asks Castiel, did we just become best friends? Um, it's a quote from the Will Ferrell movie, Step Brothers. I have not seen that movie. Have you? Um, I have, or I've at least seen part of it. Um, and I don't remember what, I think they were talking about like, um, so do you know, like kind of the sort of premise of it? I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like two like older dudes and like their parents get together, but they still both live with their parents. And so they have to live with each other. It's like, did you just, you touch my drum set, you know, like (laughs) stupid stuff. But like, I think at one point they're like talking about, you know, something that they both like or whatever. Did we just become best friends? It's like, okay. Uh, that's funny. I've heard nothing but good things about that movie. Uh, I I didn't think it was bad. That's not my style of humor, though. It's kind of, it's too. too stupid. That's you why know, I like, didn't ever watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there are funnier parts of it, but it's, it's just like, I don't, you know, like Dumb and Dumber and like those sorts of things. I just don't. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Like, it's not funny to me. It's just like, this is cringy, you know, like, yeah. like Borat. Like, I is, never, I never tried that one either. Like yeah. I watched most of it. Cause at one point, I don't remember. I feel like this was like somewhat recently. Um, mostly because I'd seen that same, like, Oh, this is my neighbor. He's painting my assholes. You know, like yeah. I'd seen that thing so many times and I thought it was funny. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, like, maybe the rest of the movie is funny too. Like, no, that is the one funny moment from that whole movie. And I'm like, I wasted time mm-hmm. watching that stupid thing. You know, like, I just, ugh. you know, like my, like one of my funny movies that I could watch over and over again is like Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Like it's right. intelligent humor. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, like, do you have to think about it a little bit? Yes. And the more you like realize the references that they're making and all that sort of stuff, the funnier it gets over time. Mm-hmm. Like, I will say the first couple times I watched Monty Python, did I think it was funny? Yes. But I didn't really get it. But then once I started, like, understanding the jokes, I was like, ha ha. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Like, that kind of humor, like, I think, like, as those movies, like, I'm talking about, like, the old, like, Adam Sandler movies, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, which is the same kind of humor. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, ha ha, this is funny. But also, like, this just isn't doing it for me yeah you know and after that you know it came it was really obvious what kind of movies were that yeah. you know and I was just yeah. like, i'm just not i'm not in the mood it's not that yeah. i don't like like i could do it but like i never i'm never in the mood for that kind of movie yeah like, ever no you know? yeah. and I, I don't think it's as funny as what people think it is like it's just stupid mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> yeah it, it is well, like they're not those... bad but it's just not my type of humor you know right like, and a lot of those don't really hold up now anyways like the jokes no. are just not not okay anymore yeah. <laughs> in a, you know politically correct type way it's just not okay to say a lot of that stuff oh now. i mean yeah like so. if you watch i watched oh, what was it the railroad they're building a it's like blazing saddles or something oh, like yeah. that mm-hmm. like i'd never seen it and i think it's a mel brooks movie yeah why did, yeah i think so yeah. like why did i even watch that i don't remember who i watched it with when i watched it but i remember when i did watch it i was like 
Like, okay, do I think a lot of stuff that's not PC is funny? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, not all of it. Like, there's mm-hmm. stuff that's definitely, but this was, like, too much. I was like, holy crap, you know, like, we're yeah. really, like, still... I don't people, really, I don't you know, remember. Like, I don't remember that movie. I know I've seen it, but yeah, like, it was so long ago. I don't was, remember how I felt about it. It was, it was pretty bad. <laughs> I think I just felt I, like, like felt this, uncomfortable the whole oh, time really? watching it. Yeah, I was like, oh, you know, like yeah. I, I feel like this is not. I remember just feeling like I'm not old enough to like like this. Really, yeah, you know? like, yeah. And I feel like probably because when I watched it, I mean, I would guess that it's been within the last. I don't know less than 10 years i would assume since i've seen it so i was like old enough to like get the horrible things that they were saying Mm -hmm. you know i was like oh boy okay you know yeah but i don't know like some of the things like that aren't pc are still kind of funny to me but like Unless they're just being like mean to somebody. In that point, it's just like, yeah, why? Right. You know, yeah, like, I agree with you. You can that. have like comedians and stuff that are funny and they're not politically correct, but like they're not wrong either, but it's just not the right thing to say necessarily or in the right way. And it's just kind of like, okay, funny. Like, I get what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. But like, some of this <laughs> was just. I was like, oh my God. Like, I was just like, I'm like my face. I just felt like my face was hot the whole time I was watching it. Like, I was just like, you know. Okay. Huh. Um, Interesting. But I don't. Granted, also, I think it was because. Oh, I think I was. Yeah, I was watching it with not so good of a person. And so, like, the fact that, like, the fact that he thought it was really funny was, like, just kind of cementing the fact that it was not a good movie and it made it more uncomfortable I think is what it was Mm -hmm. like if I would have watched it by myself I'd probably been like whoa okay you know but Mm -hmm. like because I was watching it with somebody who thought it was hilarious and like still stood you know I was like "Mm, yeah yeah that is upsetting yeah so uh, I just want to circle back real quick. Uh, when I when I said about the the stolen Bibles uh, I I didn't mean that in any any you know mean way i think all of us working at the bookstore we're all sort of like well you probably need it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. if you need if you need it that bad you're gonna steal it because you can't afford it yeah you know yeah Yeah. and i feel like out of all the things to steal that's probably one that's not as bad probably not reselling it like you do these giant textbooks yeah (laughs) no like that's one of those things that like they want to read the bible you can't fault them for that Mm -hmm. you know it's not like it's just some like random novel that like okay like go get it from a library or something like this is something Mm -hmm. that like means something to them which i'm not saying makes it okay to steal but also at the same time like there could be worse things to steal oh yeah and that you know that's like just sort of a a fact that was told to me Mm -hmm. to say like i've caught a lot of people shoplifting (laughs) a lot a lot a lot Mm -hmm. and um i don't remember ever seeing a bible in there yeah you know yeah no. Yeah. There's a lot of like maybe I mean, statistically it is. Or I'm something, sure it is. I mean it know? wasn't just like our store or anything. Yeah, yeah. It was just like yeah. as far as like bookstores go in general. Yeah. You know? I mean if it's so. the most sold book, then it would make sense that it's the most mm-hmm. like yeah. stolen. Yeah. If it's, it's that popular. So interesting. Yeah. But the the things that get those titles. I would say like 
oh, there was something that I came across a lot that was stolen. And I can't fucking remember it, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> the book that was most sent by Barnes and Nobles to prisons, to inmates, um, is this book by, um, I think it's John Green, but it's called The 48 Laws of Power. And it's a business book, but it's more of like a, there's nothing really businessy about that book. I know yeah. because I read that book before <laughs> when I was a teenager. Yeah. I read that book. I just saw it and like, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. What's this about? And yeah, it's basically how to, you know, manipulate everybody in the world and get what you want, right? Mm-hmm. And be like, you know, the person in charge there. Yeah. And it wasn't really a fucked up. I mean, it was really factual. Is it right? And it con- made in the wrong sense. context, I guess I should say, yeah. like. And it, it really did alarm me when I found out that that was the most, or yeah. you know, sent to prisons. I was like, just like, okay, oh. you get all these people who are, I mean, probably I mean, there for a reason, and you're teaching them how to manipulate people. Great, you right. know. But also, like, I mean, if you if you want to probably not get your ass kicked, you know, in prison, yeah. maybe that's helpful. And I guess maybe, I get that, yeah. but yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a kind book, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But it was sort of, uh, I mean, it made perfect sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't wrong in yeah. any way. <laughs> but like, dude, use your powers for good, please. Yeah. You know, like, Just not for evil. Yeah, right, right. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, where was I? I don't know. Uh, uh, oh, blazing saddles. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how we got to where we just were, but that's, that's fine. Um, so it says, after Metatron disables Castiel, he, he asks Cass, um, isn't it ironic, don't you think? I feel yeah. like that's not... Is that exactly what he said? I don't know. It sounds like a weird sentence, but that's Isn't fine. it ironic, don't you think? That's a line from Alanis Morissette's song. Okay. Have you not heard that song? I don't think How so. How have you avoided that song? It's a I don't listen to the avoid. radio. But it's from, like, it's so old. <laughs> Do you know her, the, like, You Oughta Know song? I don't know. Probably not. It doesn't sound familiar. Not saying that I haven't heard it, but it really doesn't sound familiar. Okay. I'll, pl- I'll play it for you after this. And, like, <laughs> not that it's amazing music i don't love it but when it came out it was sort of like a big deal you know yeah, like uh-huh. a, a woman kind of raging against her ex it's huh. about um it's about uncle joey from full house they were together and I she wrote that, that song about him um, i mean I, well that's a that's a show from my childhood so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i know of full house but i don't mm-hmm. know like i think I think I know who you're talking about, which character, just because I've, like, it's seen It's, like, enough, the blonde you know? dude. The blonde dude. Well, like, I can't remember. Blonde, blonde dude. Okay, Or no. it has, like, light brown hair. But, yeah, it's, like, the, the guy who lives there with the light the light hair. Because there's John Samos, right? That's who I think, Silver I think Fox. I'm thinking of. And then, and then uh, uh, wow, I can't remember the dad's name. Bob Saget? There you go. That yeah. No, that's who I'm thinking okay. of. Okay, yeah. That's who I'm, that's the only person that I've really seen, okay. like, All right. in you know, pictures and whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. We're talking about Full House. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, isn't it ironic, don't you think? Um, he's quoting the song Ironic, <laughs> which they've been listening to the car, or listening to in the car earlier. Um, so it says, The Book of the Damned by Charles Fort is an actual book that can be bought online. Um, written in 1922 by the famous Charles Fort, he created a news magazine called The Fortian Times. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, wow, about okay. uh, strange and unusual occurrences that happen all over the globe. Uh, Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones was an avid fan and always carried on tour his latest issue. So remember that episode with uh, Ronald and the Mandroid? 
Yes. That um, I think that magazine he shows him when he says Mandroid is the 40 and Times magazine. And it does have a Cyberman from Doctor Who on the cover. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. The only, I think that's the only reason I remember that so oh. clearly because I was like, Cyberman! Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, I mean, I wouldn't have picked up on it. But mm-hmm. um, uh, so it says Charlie's first words when Sam and Dean wake her up in the cabin are Merry Christmas. <laughs> Uh, Charlie says the very same thing when Ezekiel brings her back to life in the season nine episode slumber party. Hmm. Um, this may also imply that Charlie still dreams of the heaven she saw when she first died. Um, it could be a nod to the TV Christmas classic Frosty the Snowman too. <laughs> huh. When he's brought back to life, Frosty said, happy birthday. Okay. Um, I don't remember that. Uh, the next one, it says uh, the idea of a book made from flesh and, made from flesh and written in blood could have been taken from the evil dead franchise. Uh, the book, the Necronomicon. Did I say that right? You did. Okay. I had to think about that really hard. I was like, there's too many O's in this word. (laughs) 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 Um, was the source of conjuring up demons and other evil. Um, it was also bound in flesh and written in blood. Um, it said, so, (laughs) <laughs> last interesting fact oh wait i have a i have a tidbit about the necronomicon okay um it is actually originally from um the writings of hp lovecraft and his all of his horror short stories mm-hmm. and novels um and uh yeah so evil dead got it from there and it does show up in a lot of other um uh, you know more current works and stuff like lots of lots of horror fiction has that pop up um but yeah i would say like movie wise like evil dead is probably the most famous so pretty cool yeah um it says uh metatron brings castiel to a library where his grace is hidden um metatron then states safest place in the world to hide something um this is ironic if you think that Peter Gabriel, formerly of the band Genesis, once hit a catalog of unreleased music in his local library, and someone else took them out, and it, um, and his music on those tapes are now lost forever. Holy um, shit. <laughs> it says if Metatron really was the scribe of God and knew all the stories, then he would have known about Peter Gabriel losing his unpublished catalog. Another interesting note, Book of Genesis is the beginning of the Bible, and Gabriel and his trumpet are the end. Huh. So, yeah. Those are our super long, interesting facts. I don't think we've had one this long. I don't either, but we have had a couple really short ones. Yeah. Oh, I mean, totally fine, but, like, dang. Like, how is it that they can only come up with, like, one or two for some and then, like, literally, I think there's, like, 23 on here Mm -hmm. (laughs) for this one. There were a lot of, like, pop culture references in this one. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, so our research um, for this week, um, it says, uh, this is from Ranker because, <laughs> again, it's Ranker. Um, it, and it's eight creepy and possibly dangerous occult books. Um, it says, a mysterious old book is opened, the cryptic words read, read aloud, and then everyone knows what happens next. All hell breaks loose. <laughs> yep. Creepy occult books are a favorite accessory of or in horror films and books. Clearly, I'm not reading very well. <laughs> um, spell books with ominous covers hold dark secrets and could possibly unlock a bloody dose of other utter chaos. Mm-hmm. The Necronomicon uh, might be the stuff of fiction, but there are real magical books out there with a creep factor that is off the charts, and they're often even stranger than fiction. <laughs> um, 
It says, humans are obsessed with the idea of powerful objects and very curious about things we don't understand. Some may say these occult books are bogus, and others swear they are the key to connecting with spirits from another world. From learning the basics of the satanic code to instructions on how to make a pact with demons, these spell books and manuals are not for the faint of heart. Um, read on to discover which of these magical books unlocks the secret to connecting with the dead through a real skull, and find out how... <laughs> A renowned occultist advises women to unlock, oh, I got a pop-up, to unlock their sexual powers. Oh. <laughs> I know. Whoa. <laughs> um, the first one is the Codex, the Codex, oh, Gigas? It's G-I-G-A-S. I don't know how to say that. I've heard of that one, but I don't remember how to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the author supposedly sold his soul to the devil. Um, it says this huge Latin manuscript, uh, the book is almost three feet long and weighs 165 pounds, was written by a 13th century Benedictine monk that is now the Czech, or that is now the Czech Republic. Um, the 620 page book contains everything from a complete copy of the Bible to instructions on how, um, to perform an exorcism. In fact, it's rumored to contain all human knowledge. Um, even more amazing, the entire book appears to have been written by a single scribe, a task that may have taken as many as 30 years to finish. Uh, the book is sometimes called the Devil's Bible due to in part, or due in part to the giant drawing of the devil contained inside. <laughs> um, it says, according to the legend, um, a monk was waiting, or was awaiting execution for crimes he had committed. He asked his superiors, this is, <laughs> I'm like so tongue-tied right now, I don't know why. He asked his superiors to spare his life if he could produce a glorious work in a single night. The monk sold his soul to Satan in exchange for the devil's help and produced the Codex Gigas, I guess, I don't know if that's what I'm saying, right, before dawn, sealing the pact with a large illustration of the devil seen inside. Um, the next one, it says, the Picatrix mm. um, contains recipes mixing blood, semen, and urine with opium. <laughs> I'm sorry. So there's a recipe in there for that? Is that what you just said? Contains recipes mixing blood, semen, and urine with opium. Okay, but like what what do they do? Like I don't know. I haven't gotten there okay. yet. <laughs> I'm like, is it worth it? What's the payoff there? I don't know. <laughs> um it says this large grimoire of of Arabic magic, um, presumed to be from the eleventh century, has long been considered obscene due to the graphic nature of its contents. <laughs> Uh, largely a scholarly work filled with philosophy, astrology, and medieval science, the Picatrix um, includes recipes for concoctions mixing human and animal blood, brains, urine, and other bodily fluids with opium and other dangerous substances to achieve various magical results. So, like, do you smoke it and get high and then think you can do magic? Like, I think you just mix it. Huh. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't say... Oh wait, here, hold on. So it says, for example, a charm that you may be or that you may appear in the form of any animal that you wish, uh, starts by directing the reader to take the semen of a healthy man and put it in an eggshell together with the semen of the animal he wishes to appear as, and then leave the egg buried in warm manure for three days. Ew. Yeah. I'm just also, I would just like to state something that, like, the manure is not going to stay warm for three days unless, here's the other part, you have a very big pile and it kind of heats itself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. You know that manure piles can actually um, spontaneously combust because I of the gases. That. Like, so if you, like, 
sometimes you, I don't know exactly what the, I don't remember if it's, if it gets too warm outside, it, maybe that was it. And like, it has to be like, you know, kind of damp or, you know, I don't remember exactly what the conditions were, but if you have like, I think it was like a damp enough, like warm enough or damp enough pile with a warm enough day in theory, like the gases can like combust and just like start pulsing on fire. That's so crazy. <laughs> Which would smell so bad. It would. It really, really would. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. if, if our manure pile ever went up, we have it underneath a tree now. So that oh, way yeah. it can't like get too hot. But yeah. like, yeah. Gross. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, the next one, it says, The Grand Grimoire teaches you how to summon and control demons. Um, it says, Looking to make a pact with the devil? Uh, the Grand Grim Grimoire, also known as the Red Dragon, um, will give you the knowledge you need. The manual instructs its readers on how to summon a demon and make a pact with it, forcing to it to do as you command. Supposedly, based on the writings of the biblical King Solomon, the book is still in active use by some practitioners of Haitian voodoo. Hmm. That's King crazy. Solomon, though, that's it. Like, that's long, 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 long time ago. So, like, hmm. I don't know. And like, if that if it's the writings of King Solomon, like the biblical King Solomon, like, would that does that mean it would be like in the Bible? No, I doubt it. I mean, that's just a guy that was like mentioned in the Bible. So. Mm -hmm. I have questions. Anyways, um, <laughs> it says, also, the actual book itself, which is kept in the Vatican's secret archives, is rumored to be indestructible, even by fire. Ooh, that's crazy. Um, it says, the Satanic Bible, or the next one, the Satanic Bible contains rituals for sex, compassion, and destruction. Um, it says, considered the foundational text for contemporary Satanism, the Satanic Bible <clears throat> contains essays and rituals by the infamous Black Pope um, Anton Lavi. I don't remember how to say his name. Levy, yeah. maybe? Um, Anton, I'm going to go with Lavi. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, wore many hats before he delved into Satanism. Um, he had prepared by being a lion trainer for the Clyde Beatty Circus, a professional organist, oboist, crime photographer, artist, artist, blah, hypnotist, and Psychic investigator. Huh. Um, the Satanic Bible is divided into four sections. The Book of Satan, the Book of Lucifer, the Book of Belial, and the Book of Leviathan. Um, the Book of Belial contains magical, or magical rituals for sex, compassion, and destruction. The Book of Leviathan offers invocations for these three things, as well as an invocation of Satan. Hmm. Um, the next one, the, the Voynich. Manuscript that sounds right. Um, yep. is filled with surreal, inexplicable drawings. It says drawings of naked ladies, bizarre symbols, and undecipherable wording. The Voynich manuscript um, is strange because no one knows what it's really about. <laughs> um, this colorful and detailed manuscript is thought to be an occult book because of its references to everything from medicinal herbs to zodiac symbols. But other um, than a few words, no one can seem to figure out what the strange writing, symbols, and pictures really mean. Um, the book is believed to have been written um, in Central Europe during the late 15th or early 16th century, but scholars don't even know what language it's written in, let alone who wrote it, exactly when, where, or why. When did I, you know, I thought I read, like, in the last year or two that part of that was decoded. Um, 
I am Googling it now, though, and I do not see that information. So I must be thinking of a different book. Huh. So, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. That's still accurate. <laughs> no. um, uh, the next one is The Mysterious Book of Soiga, um, Vanished for Hundreds of Years. Um, it says, Queen Elizabeth I's advisor, John Dee, a mathematician and astronomer who was obsessed with the occult, <laughs> had mediums try to decipher the strange Latin treatise on, er, treatise on magic, um, also called Aldaria, hmm. maybe, and sometimes the book that kills. Um, the book disappeared after Dee's death in the early 17th century, then showed up again in 1994 when two copies appeared, one in the British Library and one in the... Bodleian Library? Hmm. Um, it says, scholars are still trying to figure out its mysteries, um, but what they found so far is disturbingly complicated, or is a disturbingly complicated codex of demonology, magical incantations, and astrology. Hmm. Uh, the Book of Soiga also contains the names and gene genealogies of angels. Um, most mysteriously, the final pages of the book consist of an indictment, uh, <sighs> consist of an indecipherable string of letters. Apparently that word is very hard. Uh, <laughs> um, it's indecipherable. Uh, good one. Uh, fine, okay. <laughs> you need a nap. <laughs> it says uh, John D. spent much of his life trying to contact angels and hoped this book would help him. Uh, D. claimed that he asked the angel Uriel for help understanding the book of Soiga um, and was told the book that could only be interpreted by the archangel Michael. Hmm. Um, this says the, or, oh, it's O-E-R-A, Oira? Yes? The, I don't know. The Oira Linda book was popular with Nazi occultists. It says the Oira Linda book, known as Thet Oira Linda Bach in the old Frisian, Frisian? in which it's written, um, is widely considered to be a forgery and not a real ancient text. Hmm. Um, it's creepy, however, because it was the favorite of Nazi leader Heinrich Himmler, um, who considered it the Nordic Bible and believed it confirmed that the Aryans were the original people of Atlantis. <laughs> that doesn't exist. That's fine. Um, and that Nordic people were the uh, progenitors of all the Western civilization, giving them credit for many things actually developed in the Mediterranean, the Middle East, and elsewhere. To this day, some neo-Nazis and other fringe thinkers insist the book is real and accurate. Awesome. Um, yeah, just what we need. Mm -hmm. A Nazi book. Yep. Um, uh, so the next one is the Munich Manual, which I can only assume, since it's German, might also be Nazi, um, is focused entirely on black magic. Mm. Um, so maybe not Nazi-ish, but, yeah, Maybe it's you know. Nazi black magic. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, it says, also known as the Necromancer's Manual, this 15th century Latin grimoire, gr that's a really hard word <laughs> to say. It is hard to say. Um, focuses exclusively on demonology and necromancy. The eeriest thing about this book is that unlike other grimoires that detail angel folklore and good white magic, this manuscript is solely centered around black magic. Uh, the Munich Manual is divided into three sections. The first, about illusionist magic, uh, spells that trick people into seeing things that aren't there. Uh, psychological magic is meant to use um, emotion to gain power over others, um, emotional or political power over people. And divinatory spells are supposed to allow one to see into the past or the future. Hmm. 
Um, one of the most famous and creepy sections includes instructions on how to make a mirror of Lilith for the purposes of divination. Interesting. Huh. And that's, you know, some creepy. creepy that is books. some creepy ass <laughs> shit. I don't like it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to, like, mess with any of those. Like, why would you want to even, like, be around it? You know, like, oh, that seems. I'm sure bad. there are people who don't believe that, though. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. But that's yeah. the thing is, like, do I believe that those things are, like, Have that legit? Power? Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. But, like, also, like, why mess with it if you think it might? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't touch the 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 gross, scary things. You yeah, know, like just right. just don't do it. I would like know? to, you know, look at them. Not not like physically touch them though, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Like, I think that would be cool to just be like, whoa. You know, yeah. I don't I don't feel the need. <laughs> no. like, I'll let somebody else do that, but yeah. I, I don't need to. Um, so, what was your Isidrasa moment from this week? Okay, you guys, this one is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> this happened last night. Oh my god! I okay. So <laughs> Killian's asleep. Eric's gaming in his office. Okay, so I'm in bed. I have um, I my edible has kicked in. I just want to let you know. <laughs> and was it a new kind that I have never tried before? Yes. So, okay. You know, I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm about to go to sleep. Was it the ones that I gave you? No. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. No, this is a different Have you tried one. those yet? Uh-huh, yeah, it's good. Okay. I like oh, them. There yeah. you go. Okay. Yeah, and they taste really yummy. They're like pear flavored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. I was like, because there's, I mean, I'm not going to touch it for a while. So, yeah. I mean, like, you might as well have it. Yeah. And, Thank you. Know, you. Keep it from going bad. So, yeah. Anyway. So I'm, I'm in bed. I'm kind of like half sitting up and I think, oh, I was finishing my, my podcast notes. Cause like, you know, it was like, had this last one to do. It was like, might as well get high. So I yeah. sleep right after, whatever. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, I have like, I have a light on in my room, but it's pretty dim in there. Um, because yeah, I'm trying to write. And, um, so in my room, there's like, there's a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I can look straight into it from where I lay in the bed. You know, mm-hmm. like on, on my side of the bed is yeah. like the bathroom is like straight in front of me. Mm-hmm. And then um and then I have um like a little walk-in closet at the end of my bathroom. Mm-hmm. So um I usually keep like the light in the walk-on closet the walk-in closet <laughs> on. Um and that's it in there. So yeah. like the bathroom light is off. I got this like little like really dim lamp in my room close to me. So mm-hmm. um now like against the wall in the bathroom is like one of those folding chairs. So it's folded up and I have a couple towels kind of draped on it. Mm-hmm. And um in front of that, so between me and the chair, sorry, this is a whole a whole thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's like one of my hampers and the top of that hamper is like an actual like shelf. Like mm-hmm. it's almost, it's bigger than like a TV tray even. Yeah. Yeah. And we have like a little bin on top of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm looking through the bathroom cause I'm like, I'm about to like, I'm done with my notes. I'm about to lay down. Um, so I put my notes down, like I turn off the light, I get into bed and I'm like, you know, I, I looked like one of the towels maybe moved and like, mm-hmm. yeah, we have vents in there. Usually yeah. that's what's happening. It, it's yeah. not uncommon, but yeah, you know, and I was like, wait, what did that towel just move? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it and I realized it looks just like, it looks like there's like a person in there. Like all of that, almost like a, like a child. It was like Killian sized yeah. basically, mm-hmm. maybe a little shorter. Um, but like the way the towels were draped on the side of that table, <laughs> it looked like, it looked like a girl. It uh-huh. looked like a fucking doll. 
Oh, but like that you're gonna, size. Like, Annabelle. <laughs> it's a, well, it actually reminded oh, me no. more of Megan, like the new that new doll movie. Oh, that's I have no it's idea, more yeah. of like an AI. Never even heard doll of it. Yeah. As, as opposed to like a lifeless, you know, one yeah, that yeah. isn't supposed to move. This one uh-huh. moves. Yeah. Um, but she, it looked like she had like long black hair. And then, like, a red dress on underneath with, like, little, like, legs sticking out. And those legs would have been, like, the legs of that That chair. we did not agree with you. <laughs> I, I know. And it looked like she was peering over the top of that bin on top of. Oh, yeah. Because I could see, like, she, like it looked like she had, like, a full-on, like, super long, straight black hair. And then bangs. And then I could see, like, eyes above the bin. I swear to God I saw this. Sorry, I was really close to my microphone right there. It sounded weird. But, like. And I'm looking at, I'm like, okay, like, I'm high. I do not hallucinate when I'm high. Yeah. Obviously, this is just a play at large trick of, like, the lighting, you yeah, know, because yeah, it's, yeah. like, backlit. Uh-huh. And yes, I am high. Yes, it's tired. Like, <laughs> so, like, my eyes are doing weird things anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at it, and I was like, and I was like, I know what that is. Like, I, yeah. I obviously can see what it is. I'm like, yeah. but it looks like this. And I was like, okay, like, stop freaking out. Just go yeah. to sleep. So, like, I lay down. And I'm like, okay, okay, we're fine. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm relaxing. I could go to sleep. But then I'd like open my eyes and check and see if it still looked like it. Uh-huh. And it did. Even more so, Rochelle. I was like, <laughs> oh, no, what am I going to do? Okay, just chill out. Just chill out. as you're falling asleep and your brain's getting more and more relaxed, it's like, let's see this again. I know, like, <laughs> is it still there? And I did that like four or five times where I'm just like, come on, Lynn, get it together. Obviously, it's a towel. You put yeah. that towel there. Like, yeah. you know what's happening. Like, yeah. all of that, that's all you. And I'm like, but it looks like eyeballs staring at me. I'm like, no, no. So finally, I'm like, okay, like, can I go to sleep? Like, sure, I probably could fall asleep. Yeah. But what if I wake, wake up in the middle of the night and, like, I notice it and it just freaks me right out and then I'm awake for the rest of the night? Yeah. And, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, you know what? You could get up and move those towels. But, Rochelle, I was too scared to. <laughs> so. Oh, no. I texted Eric, who's down the hall on, on the, you know, on his headset talking to his friends. And I was like. I need you to come in here right now. But nothing happens. I text him again, Eric, nothing. I text him again, Eric, nothing. And I'm like, okay, maybe you could go to sleep. But then the whole thing happens again, and I keep like, it doesn't work. It's like, it's just not getting any better. It's like, fuck. And I still cannot get out of bed for fear. Yeah. Right? So I called him, and he's like, hey. And I was like, I need you to come in here right now and take care of something for me. And he's like, okay he comes in and he's like what's up and i'm like i need you to get those towels off the folding chair in the bathroom and put them in the hamper in the hallway and he's like okay and he was like why and i was like i just need you to do it he's like okay so well, he goes why he goes and he gets them, he puts them in the hallway and then he sits on the bed next to me and he's like what's going on and it's like they they looked like a, a creepy doll, like standing there, like a child sized doll, and she's literally just gonna kill me. I was like, oh, so I have a new animal. <laughs> and he was like, aww. And he was like, he just like helped me. He was like, you're so cute. <laughs> write this down for a new moment <laughs> I, was like, I was like yeah i know shut up and then i was like also yes okay i'll do it so anyways that's what happened and uh yeah i just you know 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, it looked fucked up. I don't yeah. know why I didn't take a picture of it for, like, evidence, but... Yeah, and, like, to, like, look at it later and see if it actually looked like yeah, that. Yeah, but also, do I want that living in my phone? No. <laughs> so, anyway. Why'd you take a picture and it'd just be, like, completely dark because the room was dark, but then also you would just, like, be like, I think that might be a towel you know like yeah why did i take this picture again right yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah. that was that was great probably and, uh, shouldn't have that type of weed again <laughs> i cannot commit to that i mean like <laughs> but fair but <laughs> once i got rid of the towel i was totally cool i was yeah. just like oh yeah cool okay and i was like, just oh, like yeah and i was like whatever yeah. i'm going to sleep now yeah, so, and it was no big deal yeah so <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Well, you know. Uh, I'm stupid. So, what was your <laughs> Ishidor Aspen moment? Uh, okay, so mine wasn't that exciting, but it was kind of funny. So, I'm at work, and, you know, how my work is set up, like, you walk in, and there's, like, the front desk receptionish area, right? And then you, like, go down this hallway, and that's where all, like, the, you know, rooms are, right? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> I and we've got this, like, room that's kind of behind the desk that you can close off, but, like, nobody really ever does. I mean, sometimes, but um, that's where all of, like, the extra lotions and, like, if we're doing a body scrub, that's where all the scrubs, just, like, the supplies in general are at. Yeah. <laughs> so, we have this huge, like, I don't know, I'd say it's probably, like, one of those five-gallon tubs full of, like, lotion. And we go mm -hmm. through them pretty quick because there's, like, I don't know what, like, at least a dozen people that work there. And so, like, yeah. somebody's constantly using it. <laughs> and I'm going through and I'm like, okay, I'm in a hurry because I don't remember why I was in such a hurry. But I was because, oh, I think somebody was, like, getting on the table. And I was like, okay, I got to be quick and go and, like, grab more lotion real quick, you know. Yeah. And it was at the beginning of the day, too. And so I was like, okay. And here's here's one of my pet peeves and all these little ass butts at work. <laughs> okay, not all of them, but most. Um, don't fill the lotion bottles. Like, um. they use them and then put them back and then just grab one that has more stuff in it oh, or whatever instead of just, like filling it up and using, you know, whatever, or like people will like just, you know, use it for the whole day or whatever and put it back and there's nothing left in it. So it's like every single time you go to work, you can't just like take a bottle of lotion and go do what you need to do. You need to go and fill it up. And like most people don't clean them very well, uh, which is disgusting. So they're all like oily and stuff. And I it's know. like, I don't know how many people's oil is on this. Like yeah. so you're having to like clean the bottle and then open it up fill it up and, you know, do your thing, whatever. It's oh, not that big icky. of a deal, but it's still just kind of gross. And it like, dude, gross. just take care of it. At least clean it, you know? Right. Anyways, not everybody does it, but there's a couple that are like, really, come on, you know? Yeah, that's <laughs> Anyways. gross. But so I'm in a hurry. And so I'm trying to pump all this lotion, right? And the five gallon like bucket thing has like a pretty decent sized pump on it. And the the opening going into the bottles that we use and we take into the rooms are, like, fairly small. So usually you kind of, like, put the nozzle of the bigger pump in there and, like, mm -hmm. pump it so that way it doesn't, like, go everywhere. Well, yeah. because I was trying to go too fast, I, like, put the bottle up to the nozzle and go smack and, like, just shove it down and try uh -huh. and, like, start pumping the stuff. Yeah. And lotion just goes 
everywhere. Oh, like no. pool room. It's all up and down my front. Somehow it got on the back of my leg. Like I don't know how. <laughs> and of course you get a bunch of like white lotion all over black clothing. And what does it look like? Not good. And so yep. I'm like, oh God. And it's like all over my pants. It's all over my shirt. It's on the back <laughs> of my pants somehow. I'm like, how did this even happen? It's all over the floor. Oh, it's no. like running down my arm <laughs> because I'm like holding the bottle. Right. And it just kind of like went all over. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So not only am I in a hurry but like situation looks bad and thank goodness there wasn't any like <laughs> there wasn't any clients up front because I just go shit fuck you know? <laughs> and the front desk girl is like what's going on and she comes back there and she just like busts out laughing because I'm just like covered head to toe in like massage lotion right yeah. and I'm like this is embarrassing, you know? And so not only do I have to like try and clean up, you know, all of me, but also like the floor and the counter and the, you know, the bottle and all that sort of stuff. And then like go, we have scrub tops that we wear at work. Thank goodness that they provide. Cause these are the instances and why it's great. Cause <clears throat> you can just go and run and like take one off, put another one back on and then keep going. So yeah. it doesn't look as bad. Right. Yeah. But I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Like that's how I started my day was just like splatting myself with all this <laughs> lotion and having it look a little sketchy. You that know? does look a little sketchy. I'm just like, Oh my goodness. So yeah, it wasn't like, I was just being stupid and went too fast with it, but it was just like, <laughs> okay, this is like, thank goodness nobody else is here other than like the front desk girl and like we had a good laugh about it but mm -hmm. it was just like oh my goodness why am I like this you know? that is so funny uh, oh my god so none of so like did you have like the like was did it look like white splotches on your pants and stuff well yeah well it did until I like wiped it off because like it you know so massage lotion at least the stuff that we have is like a water base I think and so it doesn't get super greasy. It kind of can, but like I was able to like wipe most of it off and like get some like water and like kind of just like, you know, yeah. take care of it. And it was fine. Like, did I wash those pants after that day? Yes. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> but like I, I didn't like notice anything really after like it cleaned That's up fine. pretty well. So it was okay. But like the scrub tops that we have like I think it was just like difference in material they're like really you can tell they're like the cheaper scrub tops that are kind of like scratchy and like oh, yeah. you know whatever and so it just like soaked in and just looked like oil stains everywhere yeah. and I was like are you kidding me you know like, yeah. <laughs> this is really what we're doing right now yeah but yeah so that was that was my <laughs> my big old legit moment oh, <laughs> like just like hilarious. spraying myself you should have had someone take a picture of that I didn't have time oh yeah <laughs> I was like oh my gosh and it's like now I've got all this cleanup to do and I'm trying to like get myself all cleaned off as best as I can to like go and run into this you know room with like I'm just like oh god you know and the, of course I think it was somebody that I'd like seen before so it wasn't as bad I was like I just had a lotion incident so you know like sorry that <laughs> took me a couple extra minutes but I had to literally clean up like the whole back room so yeah. oh, it's <laughs> like crazy. I went everywhere and it so was like how big is this tub then like oh it's like one of those five gallon buckets like okay. one of those big, like, like okay I mean it's like that tall by gotcha. like mm, that big around you know mm -hmm. like they're they're decent sizes like a drum of it you know yeah. and so shit yeah it's one pump of that stuff goes a long way. Yeah, I'm sure it's like powerful too. Yeah, like, I just like because I smacked it. I was just trying to get it to go quick, and like normally that works for me, but it did not, and it just sprayed everywhere. But yeah, so oh, I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Yeah. though. it was it was something else. But that was my moment. <laughs> uh, Big old doofus.
I love it. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to our podcast. You can email us at agentsandaspectspodcast at gmail.com. <clears throat> the word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgets and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and email us your Idget and Aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.